everybody. We are Robert, Martin, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of Snakes and Otters, the podcast. I'm here today with my fellow podcasters, Martin and Francis, and I'm Robert, of course. And today, we are going to talk about uh, a common experience that we all share and love. And that is the free Central Park uh, productions of Shakespeare here in our hometown. Uh, 59 years old this year it is the longest running continuous Shakespeare in the park uh, in the country. That's right. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it is awesome a fa- fantastic thing. We've been going for many, many years, all oh, of yeah. us. We've been going 30 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, you know, I can't say that we've made it every single year. But pretty close. But we at least one many. of us has made it just about every year. That's right. Yeah, we've, we've got a common experience between us. Yeah. Now, uh, all of us have a little bit of a theater background. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Some of us more so than others. <laughs> That's right. Which is fine. Oh, well, I mean, no, go ahead. You've got... The considerable background. Correct. Well, I did nine years of, of theater, acting and, and directing, mostly acting, but acting and directing uh, between high school and college. Nothing since. Uh, you obviously were in uh, at least one play, because uh, two. two, two. That's right. It was two. It was two. I was That's two right. in, in college. That's right. It was two, and I was in two in high school. And you were in two in high school. That's right. Best actor both years. Thank you very much. Ah, well, there you go. Never musicals. I was. No, we do draw <laughs> certain lines, I suppose. Comedy and drama. I did direct an opera, though, in, in college. So, you know, we got a little bit of experience all the way around there. Right. So, anyways, so we're going to talk about the three productions that they did this year, uh, which is uh, Henry IV, Part Two, Right. Uh, King Lear, and As You Like It. So we've got a historical, we've got a tragedy, and we've got a comedy. Which real, so we've hit all the, right. the genres and for what Shakespeare. They try to do every season is yeah. do one of each. In, in, yeah. in but, recent years, but they Lear they haven't done. done in thirty years. Yes, this is the first time they've done Lear in quite some time. I, was say, I don't recall us ever seeing it before. No, no. no. Uh-uh. It's, I think, Although I this think is, it's in the in the playbill is it's thirty two seasons since they've yeah, touched yeah. Lear. Wow, yeah, because they've done the they've done the Henry's tetralogy. Uh, at least twice. This is the second time because we've yes. seen it. Uh, of course, that's four seasons back to back. This is the third for this this go yes. around. So, uh, before we dive into the details, uh, let's take care of some housekeeping here. So, uh, for those of you that have been listening to us on Podbean, we are now also available on Stitcher and Spotify, and hopefully soon we'll get on there uh, on the uh, iTunes Store for all of you Apple users. We are also available as a, uh, a Twitter feed. Uh, at Snakes and Otters. All of these are Snakes and Otters, uh, at Snakes and Otters for Twitter, snakesandotters.podbean.com, and whatever the Stitcher and Spotify URLs Just are. Just search for Snakes are, and Otters. You'll yeah. find us. Uh, follow us, listen to us, tell your friends. So, anything else you want to cover, before, boys, before we dive right Let's in? Let's dive. Let's, well, no, i got one thing. Excellent. Just on the Twitter, I'll just add, we will follow back. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And we, we do want to interact with listeners. Very much so. So please, uh, like I said, you can search any of those platforms and find us. Just search Snakes and Otters. Give us a follow. Give us a listen. Oh, also, if you want to send us an email, we are snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. And we all monitor that. So. Exactly. All three of us. Mm-hmm. We are, we're anxious for listener interaction. We're, we're hoping for... Some messages from listeners. That's right. Do you have any questions that you would like us to answer or topics you would like us to talk about? Yeah. That's how to do it. Uh, tweet it to us or email us, whatever you prefer. That's right. As three Renaissance individuals, we can talk about anything that you want. That's right. 
Even if we don't know about it, we, can, we, still talk about we it. can still talk about it. All right, so let's dive in here. So we got three plays this year. <clears throat> uh, let's start off with Lear, since that's the one that uh, we all saw together. At the same time. That's, that's right, yes. yeah. Same evening. So first time in 32 years. What, were your, what was your take on it? Loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, what about some it? Some individual performances. I thought the actors, again, for a free municipal production, the level of professionalism, I thought, was super high. Well, these guys are paid. That's correct. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. and, and so they are I mean, professionals. And they yeah, are, in many respects, the truth. Because uh, while you know, a few folks come and go here and there, as a general rule, they are the same crew year after year after year. And many of these, some of these have done it for many, in fact, uh, Monty Pretty was given his own, uh, he's been doing it since 1961, when when they first started. He's Mm -hmm. been in every place since then, I'm pretty sure. They actually dedicated a uh, chair it's a, a bench. bench. It's a bench, the bench to, uh, to, to him that they did at, at Henry the Fourth that we saw together, uh, which is fantastic. He's a fantastic guy. He, uh, I yeah, he always does the voiceovers for the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. and has for many many years. And we've all seen him since the very beginning. I mean, he oh, was yeah. just a fantastic guy. Uh, and my gosh, you know, he's—I don't know how old he is, but he he's is, getting up there. He's getting up there. There's correct, but his voice is so wonderful to hear. He's got one of the best Shakespearean. Voices <laughs> I've ever heard, right. yeah. and he, he plays uh, he plays the part of uh, Shallow in yes. Henry in the fourth part two, which is kind of a comic relief bit. Of course, it's him and Falstaff. Uh, Falstaff is we were we were talking about this tonight. It's Falstaff's play in many respects, and the guy that plays him, he really did a fantastic job. It's a shame, Martin, that you missed that because because yeah. he, he, he's yeah. and that's the way they. I was arrange, really looking forward because they arrange Henry. it where. If your role, if one of these guys is playing the head lead in one of them, he's not. He's it's slightly a bit thing in some of the others. Mm-hmm. They spread that around a little bit uh, be, uh, because the guy that plays Lear is far more of a bit player in Henry the Fourth, whereas uh, Falstaff is primo in Henry the Fourth, but he's mm-hmm. a bit player in the other two. Right, it's, it's it's just a repertory way of working with it, and it and it comes off fantastic. Yeah. But everybody gets their own moment. They do. Well, yeah. Let me. I just mentioned John Huffman plays Lear. Correct. Oh my god. Very good. So I mean, he has been good for a long time. Yes. A he played Iago last year. Yep. Uh, in Othello, which was an amazing performance as well. Uh, they're both great characters to play, but. It's it was emotionally moving. I thought yes, I and, and he was yes. he played Lear. I thought as a bit of an asshole, which kind of yeah comes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, I mean that's the way that, Lear starts out. He's, and he he's does a smug douchebag. That's correct. Yeah. And, but you know not and he every has to be broken to be reassembled. That's correct. A, and and sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't get it. But Huffman does such a fantastic job of all that nuance. Uh, there's a conflictedness that comes through in the performance that I think is essential to Lear. You know, this is the great thing about Shakespeare in general. You know, in many ways, especially to our sophisticated, and I'm using the air quotes here, sophisticated eye and ear, uh, Shakespeare, especially the plays, can seem very contrived and uh, almost immature in some ways. Partially that's for the age that it was written. Partially that's also a time thing. You know, uh-huh. you got so much time to do this, and you got to move it along. But the circumstances of how things get moved along is not the point. It's that he, he is so good at portraying the humanity of the characters. 
the yeah, depth. Uh, he puts the characters through the depths of hell to bring them out the other side. Mm-hmm. And he's re- and it's not just the, the the tragedies that'll do that with you. He's he's very good at doing that with historicals. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's a little bit less of that with well, the, the comedies. Well, but comedy was you've very, got yeah. Comedy was very much. In fact, I found myself watching as you like it, and I'm thinking, how the hell are they going to ever end this? I know it's got to be ending shortly because they seem to write themselves into a corner, and all of a sudden, it all gets resolved at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's kind of Shakespeare. It's really not about the resolution. He has to give it to you. He knows you're wanting it. But it's about what he puts them through, right? Like you're right. saying, and Lear is the pinnacle of all. That. It's always been considered mm-hmm. that's yeah. the pinnacle of all of the tragedies, yeah. Uh, and what all, what all putting the, the character through, through hell. That's correct. And, and Lear is is always considered the pinnacle of that, uh, and it's it's non political. It's 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 it, all family well, drama. It, it's yeah. Fa- it, well, it's it's aging. Uh, which I think it, yes, it's, it brings a huge chunk. Of it's it a in huge part of that. It's uh, it's losing one's mind in many respects. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's kind of like Hamlet in a way, but for different reasons. Because Hamlet's about somebody who couldn't make up his mind. It's sort of kind of this one here. He's made up his mind, but he's it wrong. It comes back to bite him on the ass right, because he's completely <laughs> wrong, and he will not admit yeah. that. Yeah. And that's what. But really, more than one character goes through that too. Oh, that's correct. Edgar is amazing for Ed, his transformation yeah. because he's a he's a he's a dumbass at the beginning. He doesn't believe. That his brother could actually sell him out. It's very biblical. You're thinking about Joseph and his brothers. His, his, his brother sells him out and he ends up losing everything. Goes mad or at least pretends to. Yeah. And in the end comes back around and wins. But only because of the things he's learned along the way. That humanity is not nice. Family is not going to always be nice to you. He's very innocent. Family's messy. Family is yeah, messy. messy. Yeah, Edgar like is say, an extreme naivete, innocent at the beginning, and he and he journeys his way to experience and a little bit of jadedness. I don't think much. I don't think he loses it completely. But no, he comes out. He comes out more human. At that's the right. End. He's far more wiser. And I just mentioned another performance. Um, it's uh, Neil Robertson plays Edgar. That's right, uh, and and has played in Shakespeare in the Park many many years. Yeah, he also played Bardolph in uh, Henry the Fourth, which is kind of a bit player, but he's a hell of a cool bit player. Yeah. Uh, he, and he, Richard, uh, he Richard needs the to do more. Last year. That's right. Yeah, he, he's, he's very good. He's very he needs to he, do he more. Did a, well, Edgar's a, be, a meaty, beefy part that he did a really great job with, and he was Richard the Second two years ago. Yeah, which is also awesome a, a fantastic that and sliding into Bardolph. Bardolph is kind of a character that you're you're. Paying your entrance fee at Henry the Fourth Part One, but he continues to pay off through yeah. three plays, and yeah. he actually not. Just, I mean, this is Shakespeare for goodness sakes. Uh, he actually gets hung in Henry the Fifth, which is a culmination. All oh, great spoilers. If you don't know that, <laughs> come on. The damn thing is how old? Yeah, that's, mm. that's correct. It's okay, a, so we talk. That's quite a bit about Lear. So um, I want to move on to the other two because um, honestly, I was less impressed with. The overall play of Henry. Now, Falstaff was great. That's right. Yeah. Although I kind of liked him better in Part One. I think the part was better in Part I think, One. I think you're the exactly actor still right. did a fantastic part. Don't get That's me wrong. That's right. Uh, if Falstaff kind of gets a little long in the tooth here. He goes on and on and on at times, and it's kind of like he's already gotten famous. So it's kind of like you want to sit and watch him, listen to him uh, eat crackers because he's so important at this mm-hmm. point. And I think that works against him because he doesn't. 
it, it seems a little contrived. He yeah, doesn't yeah. need to do all the things that he does. It's not funny anymore. It's, but, it's, but it's almost not meant to be. In it, the sense it, it that is because his he basically he's, it has a tragic ending where at the very end he is banished, mm-hmm. which has been foretold all throughout. And basically, he only comes back for a brief period of time for his death scene in Henry V. Spoilers! Again. <laughs> but it's death of a broken heart. Yeah. In many respects, that whole tetralogy is, even though Falstaff's not in the first part, it really is his story in many respects. Oh, yeah. It's also yeah. Prince Hal's. It's not. It's not just. Not just his. Well, I mean, because you're talking about a certain period of time, it can't be any one character. That's story. right. It isn't. But you know, there so, are certain there are certain movements that flow through yeah. all four. Well, of you them. have to have continuity. That's correct. So, whereas Bolingbroke <coughs> is a, is an essential essential character in Richard II, but he's almost minor. He basically it's just his death scene again in Henry the Fourth Part Two. Mm-hmm. He he almost doesn't have a role, even though it's the play is after him. It's right. really about Falstaff right. and Prince Hal. So for me, the thing that made Henry the Second or Henry the Fourth Part Two um, less enjoyable was honestly, I just don't think it's one of Shakespeare's better uh, historicals. It, he it hangs a lot um, on Falstaff. It does. Word for that, which why? is it's fine, but I mean, you know, it, I just don't. It, to me, it just doesn't work because it really it's too much Falstaff to really move you along to the point because the whole point of Part Two. Yeah. is to get you to Henry V. That's correct. It's, it's, a, it's And so, and I think it suffers for that. That's right. Uh, in, in that sense. But also, honestly, and we've talked about this, uh, uh, Francis, uh, I think that in doing three plays, and three, and when I say big, I mean these are not easy productions. Correct. Uh, now granted, everybody, it's not like everybody has a lead in every role, but I think that the polish... Mm-hmm wasn't as good on Henry as maybe it was on Lear. Um, although even with Lear, I, I still think we've got some issues, uh, and partially this is, I think, the amount of time that we're talking about. I mean, these guys have got to do three plays. They only get so much preparatory time, mm-hmm. and they've got to learn three parts. Granted, it's one big part usually in two minor, or maybe one or two mediums and one very minor kind right. of thing. Yeah. Um, so it you know, doesn't really add up to three roles. adds up to maybe one and a half or two. So... Uh, but the directors, of course, and we stretch very thin. I think the director, the directing, could have helped it a little bit more. Um, best example was the guy who plays Prince Hal. Not a bad actor. I think he's very good. Correct. Um, I, I'm interested to see how well he's going to do Henry V because I, he's young. Yeah, that's right. I don't know that he's got the chops to pull off that older, serious character. That's right. Because that's he the, may. That is, that is one of Shakespeare's can. most I, challenging. I yeah, I think so too. We'll see. And I mean, uh, I'm, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how well he does it. Well, I mean, Lear's the most challenging character in the entire uh, of what they did this year. That I mean, is correct. Of the entire pantheon, Lear's probably the most complex. I character would probably of all. object to that. I'd say Hamlet beats him, but I can see it's a good argument. He's certainly yeah. one of the top. I will give yeah. you that. Uh, Falstaff is actually pretty easy to do. Well, he's a buffoon. Uh, correct. You can have fun with him. That's, yeah. that's correct. He, that's why he's not he's not as challenging. Nor that's why I like the comedies, you know, because you can have fun with him. And I, I got some particular points about that. Yeah. Uh, and as you like it, but for me, this this lack of polish was especially uh, obvious in one particular scene. We talked about this after the show, uh, and that is when uh, Prince Hal is confronting the Lord Chamberlain. That's right. And he realizes that he has done him wrong. Uh huh. And this should be a very pivotal moment. Right. But it was too quick. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because oh, okay. way too quick. It, there was not enough. There's not a heft. There was not enough. Heft. Right. There, there was not a pause. Because you know, because he, he sees him. Yeah. He sees Lord Chamberlain. He's about ready to put the hammer down on him. And the Lord Chamberlain says, "I have done nothing but serve your father and serve him well. And if you're going to kill me for that, then kill me." I mean, right. it's a huge paraphrase, but that's essentially what he says. Yeah. Right. And uh, Prince Hal, the line is. Your and right, and there should be a long pause between the your and the right. That's right, because there's the tension there's like there. A that quarter you, second pause. Right. Mean, the tension was perfect and wasn't used. Right, right. And to me, that's it was a that's a director's setup. yeah. yeah a that's a director's right. problem. A director and this guy's been directing far too long to let that go. So to me, that's that's a lack of the polish. Right. That I think is you know maybe they don't have enough prep time. It's close to the end. It's getting close to the end. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's it's a moment. And it's sometimes a, that moment could be could have been squashed over because he's. It's not pivotal to the plot. It's not, and maybe it's one of those. Maybe things. it's an interpretive choice. And, and maybe it's an interpretive choice. Fine. I mean, I understand that's that happens again. A lot, you know, we, but to me, I thought it could have been so great with so little effort. Yes, it didn't have the emotional impact that I think it could have. That's right. And, and but the, that's one of the few things I have to complain about as far as a particular instance. Yeah, that's right because. As to kind of show the opposite side of that, one of the critical scenes in, in that play is when Hal and his father reconcile, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was it was spot on. It was perfect uh, because the, the young Prince Hal takes the crown and tries it on and goes away, and they come back and can't find the crown. And Henry the Fourth, the king, is just beside himself, and his son comes back, and they've been kind of strained throughout all this time, and most of that's Prince Hal's fault because yes. he's been. His wilder days. As yeah, they he, call he's him. been sowing his wild oats. He's been hanging around with Falstaff of all people. That's right, and he's and he's come to the realization that that's not right. And I think it's where that moment during that reconciliation, where everything the audience is looking for happens. And maybe it's they took the turn that point. Yeah, as well, he's already had his moment there. Right. Yeah. But I still think that was just a. And like you said, it could have been a creative choice. Right. And maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Just for me, that was a. Ooh, I just felt weak. Yeah, and it, but, it should have been great, right? Uh, and among I said, many and other this is not to tear down the play or the actors. No. Don't get me wrong. Right. I mean, I think again, they're doing a phenomenal yeah, job. Overall, I mean, if you've never experienced this, listeners, if your town doesn't have a Shakespeare in the Park, or even if they do, trust me, the Kentucky Shakespeare Festival does it right. That's correct. It's, they've, it's, been, it's, they've had fifty-nine the years to do this wrong. for the for a reason, and they it's have a, it's a wonderful, fun thing. All the technical stuff is it. done correct. Yeah. you don't have to mess with that. There's no suspension of disbelief or any of that sort of stuff. You can hear yeah. it wherever you're at. It's a, it's a tremendous. In, in fact, of, the night that I was there, which neither of you all were, it was as you like it. Now, granted, they had had a lot of folks. We had some bad weather, some hot weather and some rainy weather yeah. recently. For whatever reason, it was a Saturday night that I went. They said it was the second largest number they've ever had. It's in. like over 1,200. 1,200 right? people in this relatively small space. Uh, and that, that was That's unheard astounding. of. It's astounding. Yeah. yeah. Well, and let me. And it was wonderful because when you've got that many folks. It affects the performance. It does. Because yeah. you build off that energy that's out there. Yeah, and they were into it. Yeah, they, and the crowds are always wonderful. They are. Uh, let me, though, uh, I'll take it on the reverse a little bit here, too. In addition to the three big productions in Central Park, you oh, know, yes. they spend all spring right. with like a little six-actor abbreviated play that they take to all the city parks, yep. which is like 40 of them. I right. mean, it's crazy. 
all over town. And they got the Globe Players, the younger uh, yeah. group that is doing stuff. They do stuff all year round. They now. do. They go to the schools. I mean, yeah. it's it's it, it is a but lot the, of great uh, stuff that that, that our local I got folks to do. see the six actor ninety minute Macbeth twice this year in parks, and it's so unbelievably intimate. I mean, it's 15, 20 people, maybe sitting on a grassy. Oh, really? I didn't lawn, see, or maybe uh, thirty people. You know. And it's the six actors, and they set up, and they just kind of run past you onto the onto the part where they're where they're performing, and it's it's just you can reach out and touch them. You're almost part of the play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah. it's not all the complete same cast, uh, same actors, uh, but right. it is some of them. Right. Uh, right. Dathan Hooper, my favorite. Yeah. Who uh, has played in which one was he? Of these. Uh, he played Big Beth in the. Uh, he was Othello last year. And Othello last year. Oh, yeah. And what did Kent. He, he was Kent in Lear. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and he he's was, a longtime stalwart of the Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah, he's, he's my been, absolute favorite. Uh, he did. He played the ghost in Hamlet a few years back. Yeah. A fantastic yeah. performance. So, it's a great point about how well they do other stuff. They're especially tied into the audience. They love interacting at the intermission and before. Yeah. Um, which you know really it makes you feel like you're uh, it's yours yeah they, they say it's your Shakespeare yeah and there's some it truth belongs to that. everybody in the city it yeah. does that's right it's, it's so just, it's just a shame the the one cargo company's flights oh often yes. come in right over the stage but you know that's correct but they you know to work they, they work around that they stop for the moment and allow the plane to go over and, and if they're doing it in a park that is not particularly serious yeah, they incorporate it that's correct they'll yeah. look up. You know, they won't look at their watch, but yeah. they'll do the 17th century equivalent. That's you know, right. Or exactly. the 16th they'll century They'll look up equivalent. and they'll raise their hands and all something like yeah. that. Yeah, it that's happened what... uh, during Lear in one of the parts where poor Tom's going nutty. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he yes. walked it right into yes. the performance. That's the one we remember. Yes, yeah. that was really we good. There. That's it was yes. good. Everybody yeah. in the whole crowd laughed, I yeah. think. So let's move on to As You Like It, which, like I said, was my personal favorite no of question, this year. It's the best they did this year. So... As is the case with many of Shakespeare's comedies, you've got uh, some gender bending, yeah. you've got some <laughs> yeah. mistaken identities, and yeah. you've got, if not a love triangle, a love quadrangle, Correct. Uh, or however many extra <laughs> pieces that you need to, to make that work. Which somehow always gets resolved, yes. like we talked about. It, it, but you have no idea, you're about three quarters of the way, and you said, how the hell are they going to fix all this? Everyone finds their true love eventually. Well, that's exactly. part of it. And all those little threads that were dropped at the very beginning somehow come back, if it's only a mention, you get you get it all taken care of. That's more bourbon there. I think that's an excellent idea. Glass? Oh yeah, Martin's please. Offering to refill yeah, uh, glass. I think I'll take a little bit. We're uh, it's Woodford Reserve is what we've got here today, special edition actually. I'm give myself another splash. Yeah, splash all of us here a little bit. Yeah, because all that's this good. good talking gets more one gets anyone? one dry. I'm I'm still okay for now. Woo! All right. It's a good thing you're not driving. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, we just mentioned we are at the uh, we're in the basement ba- of the Baxter building. Basement of the Baxter here, building. That's uh, Francis's house. So. That's right. So uh, I don't have to go anywhere. So I can drive right. as much as so, I want. So as you like it, uh, this one really got to showcase uh, some of the actors that um, we really haven't seen a whole lot of before. Um, the thing I loved about this one, uh, especially because, you know. My roots are from Eastern Kentucky. Both of my parents uh, come from. Uh, thank you. Yes, come from Eastern Kentucky. Even though they met in a different state, so I am very much of Kentucky blood. And so I love me some bluegrass because 
that is the music of my family. Sure. You know, that's what my mom and dad listened to growing up. Yep. Interesting. Mom, so I did not know that. Did, okay. All these years, I did not know your family so, was into bluegrass music. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that's you so mentioning cool. it, but we've never really talked about it. So I, I honestly expected a little more bluegrass uh, in this because this setting is set as a rural Kentucky kind of setting because there's bluegrass music as part of it. Uh, all original compositions That's correct. that were created That's just for That's this. Amazing. And uh, I'm not sure about the night that you were there, but the night that I was there, the composer was there present, and they called him out at the end. Oh, no, he was not there. Okay, oh, he, I wish I had known yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he was That's there. Amazing. Because as as, uh, as executive director said, all the words are Shakespeare's, but all the music's his. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was an amazing moment, and it was, it was not hillbilly by any means. This is very sophisticated Southern gentry in all the best sense of the of the well, costuming. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, you know, would you describe people, the the setting and the costuming as a Faulkner? I think style? That, that's not bad. That's not bad. I, when I looked at it, you know, uh, on one side over on stage right, they had uh, what was obviously meant to be a tobacco barn. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was great. Yeah, because I've seen real tobacco barns, yeah, and perfect. immediately. That's perfect. That's right. perfect. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was very rural Americana. Yeah. Now it was uh, the time period was meant to be more of like a late ni- uh, late nineteenth century, uh, early nineteen hundreds, eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, something like that. Yeah. But it but it was very flexible. It right. Right. It, they you can only it. really tell that by the costumes of the, those who were better off, because. Those who had money, you could say, "Oh, yeah, that's more like." Well, a, I mean, and the bustles. Oh, yes, well, and the bustles. Yes, well, the, the women bustles. wore these enormous bustles. Those who were, let me tell you, baby got back back then. Oh, that's correct because it was well, they, they did a you're great. Not wearing a bustle. I know. Yes, so they used that very, so very, very effectively. Post bellum. Yes, tale, yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Normally, I do not like it when Shakespeare is not done as it was originally done. You know, I'm not real big on modern interpretations. Agreed. Yeah, the whole turning Macbeth into a fascist. We've so, seen that before. Say, I, I mean, not a fan. yes, they did that a few years ago. I was yeah, just not. They, they well, because it. yeah, uh, you really cannot, especially the historicals. Now, that's the one that enrages me. Yes, don't you dare do that because these are very much tied to a yeah. specific place and time. Yes, well, and they, you they can can't do it with look, the comedies. You can, and the, but you're and right. Tragedies. You can they get away with those. They've done it... Caesar. They've done it with Caesar as well. Yeah, that's... They've done, like, a corporate backstabbing with Caesar as well. And I get, you know, budgets being what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you cannot afford the period But this one, it worked fine. It worked great. It was fantastic. Again, partially because it's comedy. Yeah. But the music was well integrated into what they did. I'm so sorry I missed it now. Because the lead singer of this was the actor who played Edgar and who played... uh, and uh, who it's also, Neil Roberts. That's exactly right. That's he, a, when I first saw him in the first year of this Game of Kings, is what they're calling this, where they're doing all the historical, yeah, all back the to back Henry historicals. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he, he's Richard I the thought, second. Yeah, I thought when I first saw, him, I was like, oh, he does not look like he should be a Richard the second because he's very slender. Yeah. Uh, he's got a very uh, uh, almost nasally kind of yeah, uh, voice. He, he did. But he, he that pulled was, that off. That's correct. Because he's Richard become was, one of my favorites. That's right. Richard he's, was supposed to be really a dick, good. and right. he and he, he, he <laughs> shall we say dickified him very effectively. He did yes. So and that he was his sung his performance. the the main song at the end. That's right. 
he was phenomenal. He was very phenomenal. I tell you what, he was very much of a Alison Krauss kind of vibe for all the music. Oh, right. so because cool. really, he didn't have a role. His no. character was nothing but that's what he did. He was a minstrel. Basically, he was a minstrel. That's right, and it was amazing. He was hanging out with the 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 Duke, who is exiled, mm-hmm. uh, who is the father of the the main female lead. That's right. By the way, that actress, this is the first really big one that she's gotten to do. That's correct. We've seen yes. her for several years Haley, here. Uh, she's only been around a couple of years. She did uh, she was, uh, Des- Desdemona, Desdemona last, last year. I thought she was wonderful as Desdemona. She was Desdemona. great in yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely That was fantastic. her play. Yes, yeah, it was. Rosalind, she just nailed it. What's she name? did. Haley, uh, Haley Desdarevic. I yes. hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes. She was phenomenal. She was great as Desdemona, which is last year, which was a great thing here. But and she did a fine job. She played Doll in uh, Henry yes. II. I mean, Henry the Fourth Part Two. She was good in that. She was very good. Yes, which yeah. is not a huge part, but damn, she nails it. But she's a good actress. She's, she's got really, range. Oh, that's correct because when she played Rosalind here, it's Rosalind's probably the most. Well, she's the main character in many yeah. respects. She's on the stage. She does the gender bending thing, and it's got. She's got to convince you with this. And she would have been a lot easier in Shakespeare's time since men played all the roles. <laughs> that's correct. But yeah, because she's very attractive. Uh, yes. She pl- she comes off very effectively as Rosalind, but when she transforms herself into Ganymede, which is the assumed name that she takes, she sells it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for those in the audience, we know who she is and what she is, right? But they the the costume that she's in, you know, hides the. I mean, she's a tall, slender woman, so it's not like she's a very uh, visibly buxom woman or anything like right. that, which would make it much more difficult. Yeah. So they chose her, a physical type that was very easy to do for That's this. Right. But it worked well. Um, the, and the thing I loved her is she just is really good. She does the asides very well with the, the, oh, uh, with the I'm, audience. The wink, wink, shake, shake. You, know, you get yeah, that very, she does, very well. That's hard to do. That's correct. Breaking the fourth wall, wall is not easy. That's right. She when did you, it Because well. you lose credibility very easy. Yes, because uh, she did it in character. That's correct. That's what so many don't do. That's right. And she, so, just, she nails it. You're right. You did miss a big one. because You did. In my opinion, that was the... That was the primo. That was the one that I think they put the most effort into, yes. and they wanted it to be the best. You would have thought it would have been Henry the Fourth, but it wasn't. That was a side. If they did not intend it to be as you like it, well, it was just a happy accident. Well, that's right because, and you're right because it, it's superior to Lear. Yes, it, it was. It, it was. It really was. And it really was. No, and nothing to say, Lear. It part of it is you had a really great feeling when you're seeing as you like it. Yes, that was, but that's the nature of the play. Lear is a damn depressing play. Yes, to begin it's with. like those miserable songs. So <laughs> depressing. <laughs> that's yes. right. It's something. Uh, you know, we it's, got it's, that. As somebody that had so much about Lear, I think between high school and college, I must have, uh, I must have read it three times. I think. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah, you're the expert on this one. Then. So, you know, the the, the again, the Lear being the pinnacle of the tragedies. Yeah, I would, I would uh, give you in and, many ways. And being this so personal a story. And again, the body count being well, not quite Hamlet the, level, the but blinding of Gloucester and sending them out. Oh, yeah. I mean that that is just it's just they did it, that it, very well. It, too. They did it very very well very because well. how do you do that in such a way that seems very yeah. believable? So before we wrap up, because somebody's here, give me the wrap it up signal. Um, I gotta give a shout out to Abigail Maupin. Yes, yes. she yes. was. Yes. She, Phenomenal in her she, as you like it role. That's right. She always does a great job in everything that she does. 
but wow, this one here was probably what was the name of her Jacques character? Jacques. Yes. So she, it's a gender bending of the the role, which they have to do because you know there are so many more men in the well, the, yeah, the place. Well, Gloucester was in Lear is supposed to be a guy, but they made it a woman in this case because it just had to work out that way. And right. It worked the way yeah. they did it. Worked. And for the most part, they picked the right ones to do that for. Yeah, them. and you know, except for the ones that have to be particular genders, I'm okay with that. You know, because obviously. You know, certain things you cannot get past, but where where it doesn't matter for, you know, because there's a love interest or whatever, that's fine. But she was, to me, she nearly stole the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. She question. nearly stole the show. She was a, basically a spinster type of character, yeah. all in black with her bustle, and she had the little tiny glasses and she was doing the squinty thing. You couldn't even see her eyes through most of it. That's how much she squinted. <laughs> right. And she, every time she was making a point, she was raising her fist in the air, and she was basically uh, like a uh, 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 oh uh, the what's the name for the the ones who wanted to get rid of the drink? Uh, uh, oh, prohibitionist. Prohibitionist. She's like she was very much like a, a prohibitionist. Temperance. temperance. Yes. There's the, the word. Temperance. That's, That's right, a yeah. perfect. Yes. Well, That's I, what it was called. Well, yeah, she she looked like Robin Williams would say uh, Margaret Thatcher looked like somebody holding a small turd under her nose. She looked like that. Yes. Yes. She was phenomenal. She had some of the best bits in that play. And when she was there with the, the, the group that is around the Duke, the exiled Duke who got to come back at the end, uh, just the interaction of all of that was great. I almost so liked that more than the than the regular part. Well, yeah, it was that good. So many different zingers that yes. you lose track after a while. But she's not a Falstaffian character no. by any means. No, not she, a clown character. No, she's no. not a clown character at all. Uh, nor is she a commentator. She's just a very fun character. She does have a few asides to the audience. That's correct. Again, she does them very, very well too. Way. She and her husband, uh, Gregory right. Moffat, he's the one that played the High Lord Chamberlain and was the... Um, he was Touchstone. Touchstone. That's right. Uh, in, in that one. And... It was also a great, a great yes, funny character. They go around doing a uh, two-man show. And I'm uh, my daughter was telling me about it. I mean, she knows a bunch of these people. <laughs> by name. She's actually got to meet them, interact with them. Yeah. Because uh, she was at a show that, that they, the two of them did. I want to go see it from yeah. the way she described it. It was well, really you know good. those ones in the park... Uh, again, it's not this full cast. It's Dathan and some of the big right. names, but Matt Wallace, the artistic director, introduces all those ones in the small park. So I've t- spoken to him and told him how much oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Absolutely, very much so. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how how That's close they are to the audience and, and, yeah. and to the community because they recognize that their success is our success, and it's a great this municipal is, good thing that we all have. This is a, a, a treasure, a love, a labor of love for so. everyone involved in this. Yeah, to make anything last fifty nine years. Yeah. People I mean, you know, really it's had its ups and downs over the years. There was a time when we first started watching, it was two plays, always right. two plays. Right. And they had a pretty long run. That's right. Slowly withered down, and for a while there, they were only doing one play, and it was a very short well, run. we got to give Matt Wallace a lot of credit. And that's just where I was going to go. He yes. has brought it back He has reinvigorated it where it should be, and the people have responded. Yes. They yeah. really have. I mean, it's a big deal. And it, it, really, it, it really is, and it's the so The number good. of people who are new every time we go... Is phenomenal because they always ask who's first timers. Raise your hand. A significant portion of the crowd at every play I have been to has right. raised their hand. So they're getting new people in constantly, which speaks volumes. That's right. I mean, well, think about it. And yeah, not just older people. That's right. There yeah. are young people that come yeah, to this. Young people that do this for the first time, just like we did thirty yeah. years ago. That and speaks we well for this organization. Because, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, well, it was always fun. I mean, yeah, free entertainment on Saturday night. 
Yeah, right. Go they have sit. food trucks. You can bring food if you want. That's a fairly new part too. Yeah, that's what it's about. Wallace, he's yeah. been very you smart know. with that. He's well, and food trucks have been in their ascendancy only for a few years now. Yeah, so. yeah. But I mean, you know, it's just one extra thing that they have done to make it appealing. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that is just great. They ha- they are not resting on their laurels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not taking anything for granted. They work. That's important. That's and right. They, That's important. They, Don't take they it for do granted. a good job. And I reach, can't wait for Henry V next year. Yes. Henry V is going to be awesome it's, next it's, year. It's, it's going to be it's amazing. It's got to be yes. the big yes. dog. It, it, yep. Will yep. it will yep. be. Yep. It will be. Definitely. Well, we have just about pummeled that expired equine. So Indeed. what we're saying here is, people, if you've never been to Shakespeare in the Park and you live in Louisville, Kentucky, you've got to go. And if you don't go to Louisville, come visit us. Yes, come to us, get some bourbon, and see Shakespeare in the summer. That's right. Yeah, it usually runs from uh, June, July, and in early August. It's got its own website. I believe it's KentuckyShakespeare.org. Uh, yes, I think it's KYShakespeare.org. That's right, and uh, they're always they're well it is. ahead. KYShakespeare.com. Uh, oh, is it dot .com? Yeah, okay. Make sure we get it right. KYShakespeare.com, and uh, come see it. Come see it again if you are. Because Considering tourism to Louisville, that's right. I think it's something you need we, to do. You'll, you might see us there because we're all. You may not there. know it, but you might see us there. <laughs> that's right. Go go on the distillery things downtown. Yep. And then go see Shakespeare after that. And if you don't come here, if there's Shakespeare in your town, go support it. It's well worth supporting. It's fun. Yes, he it's saw things clearer than anyone else, as it's been yes. said. I, I know we're kind of dragging this out, so it'll be the last thing I'll say, and then I'll send this out. Especially in as you like it. Uh, there are so many lines in there that are part of the cultural yes, background. I noticed that. More than I realized. Yes. I did not expect it out of As You Like It. That's one of the th- great things about Shakespeare. So many of the cliches, the tropes that you know we think are just, you know, just everybody knows. He wrote They're them. from Shakespeare. Right. He wrote them. He wrote you them. need to know and Shakespeare to help your help understanding your own culture. Yeah, every situational comedy that's been on television is probably a, a rooted in Shakespeare somewhere. Yeah, whether they know it or not. Yeah, from, from Three's Company to uh, Friends. What, Friends. Yeah, it's probably rooted in Shakespeare. Big Bang Theory. You know, it's <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah. So, I'm Robert. I'm Martin. I'm Francis. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode, which will be on... Oh, we're going to talk a reach back, where we're going to talk a little bit about Franz Ferdinand. Yes. That's right. We're going back to World War One for a little while. Yes, exactly. Probably the last one we do for a while. We've kind of been hitting that one pretty hard. I know, yeah. but it's so fun. There's so yeah. much to it. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We're on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.